0: Welcome back to Hockey the Podcast, uh, your South African hockey show where, of course, we talk all over the world. We've been to Holland, we've been to uh, Zimbabwe, Namibia, we've been all the way over to Australia. Last week we were in Great Britain, but this week we return home uh, with Jean-Li Dutoy, a star of the Under-21, the Junior World Cup in Potsdam earlier this year, and of course getting the very, very rare opportunity playing in both a Junior and Senior World Cup in the same year. She's here today to join us and tell us her hockey story on Hockey the Podcast. As alluded, we are joined this evening by jean uh, Johnny, thank you uh, for for joining me this evening uh, to to chat about what has been a incredible hockey year already for you, and it's only just really begun. Yeah,
1: hi, Johnny.
0: Thanks for having me. Ah, hey. oh, look, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, Johnny, last week we had Millie Giglio from uh, the English team that we here in Potsdam. Of course, you yourself were in Potsdam, and uh, you know, one of the things we asked her about, and and it's relevant for you, is how much of a frustration was that initial delay moving the tournament from December and you didn't really know if it was going to go ahead uh, forward to April?
1: Yeah, it was actually quite frustrating because um, after women's IPT were quite on a high and then it got postponed to April, so it was really actually frustrating, and the build up again, starting all over again, and that. So yeah, but at least we got to play in April, which was exciting and everything.
0: And Johnny, if you look back at December, were you? Uh, did you at all think that there was still a possibility you were going to play? I mean, I I know I asked this question because. Obviously, I was there and I was part of the the commentary team and um, my commentary is a little bit different from maybe the regular Joe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when it was cancelled in December, I wasn't sure that I was going to get the opportunity to get back in in another month and and for the tournament to still happen.
1: Yeah, for me, it was quite like... I was not sure at all if I'll be able to play because of my age. And it's under 21 tournament and majority of the team was under 22 um, this year. And my birthday was literally in Jan, so I was already 22. And we were just here waiting to get feedback from FIH just to hear if we can play or not. And I think that's for all the 22-year-olds in the team. It was quite scary because we built, um, we started to prep for um, this tournament since 2019. So the build up from then and then obviously after um, the the postponement, it was, yeah, we, it was a really uncertain time.
0: It was uncertain, but then eventually the, the call did come and the tournament went forward and of course, uh, we were in the, the 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 shortened group as Ukraine's withdrawal was too late to to bring any other team in, and so it meant we only had two games, which uh, in the pool stage, which both came with a positive and a negative. Uh, there wouldn't be a chance to get a win against the Ukraine or something to build a bit of momentum, but also we knew that one win would probably be enough to get us into the top eight. And it didn't really yeah. start yeah. how we had hoped uh, in that opening game against England.
1: Yeah, um, I think in the opening game the our nerves got the best of us, and we were bit on the back foot. But as we know, as South Africans, we never give up, and I think it was quite evident throughout the tournament.
0: Well and, and, and as you say, we didn't we don't give up and then the next game we faced a a highly fancied Ireland. Many people uh, Ireland were really, really fantastic in their two one defeat to England. They looked a good side with some some talented players in the in the ranks. And uh yeah, they came out and we produced an outstanding performance. Uh we could have won by a couple more, but we ultimately did win thanks to your goal. Um which was an absolute rocket of a, a slap from a, a, a penalty corner. Do you remember that moment? Did you have that gut feel in you that this was the moment you were going to score?
1: Um so your game um hockey is literally a game of moments and that island game it was quite like intense. They came out tough, we also came out hard. And yeah, I just remember when I scored that goal, I was jumping and then I ran straight back to um, our 25. And then, yeah, I just reset and started to play again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it probably, as you've described it, probably fits your style of play. You are what could only be fairly described as an attacking defender.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I will only score in short corners, but if I ever have the opportunity to score up there and um in a field goal, it would be probably cool.
0: Yeah, nah, I mean, nobody says no. I mean, I myself was a far less talented than you hockey player, uh, but I was a defender, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think in my school years at uh, Boxburg High, I think I scored three goals in all my school games of which two of them came in games where we were like 8 or 9 nil up and they put me up front for the last two minutes. Um, So all three were field goals. I've never scored a penalty corner. I mean, I later scored for club. Um, But yeah, there is something special. Obviously, as a defender, our job first and foremost is to stop goals. And that was something that you, Henry Lowe, and a couple, uh, uh, Matipelo, your captain, you... you guys seem to be on top of your game in terms of the defensive side of stuff. That must have been particularly pleasing during the Junior World Cup.
1: Yeah, our defence, we were working quite hard. Um, Well, we are actually known as the Big Seven. So we got it from the Big Five, but we just keep growing it and growing it. And then, yeah, but, um, yeah, we're quite a solid unit back then. And, yeah, it's actually really nice to know that your sisters has your back in that. And and they did have your
0: back because obviously you guys got through that game, a clean sheet, one nil win, and already at that moment, you knew that it was a top eight finish for South Africa. Now we've only been in the top eight three times before. So already there's quite a historic moment uh, in your lives. Did that hit the team quite hard? Were they aware of the history there and, I mean, we knew that the next game was Netherlands. It was going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, But it almost felt like we could go play that uh, Netherlands game, no hold barred, because, you know, it was, uh, you know, if we shocked them, it was great, but we were expected to lose. And and our focus really could shift onto one of the other games. Yeah,
1: so... We were aware of the history and that because a lot of people before the tournament sent us nice motivational um, videos and everything. But as you said, a lot of people did expect us to lose um, against Netherlands, but I think we really came out fighting in that game and it was quite a nice game to watch.
0: I, I mean, I was there. It was a fantastic game to watch. It took some wonderful goals from Netherlands to uh, make the difference. Um, but, you know, we, we moved on from that game and probably our most disappointing performance of the tournament came against Korea where, where we really had enough chances. We defended well. They got a sloppy uh, one of those that rebound. The ball doesn't clear. It bounces here. It bounces there. They were able to finish. Uh, and, and Korea didn't have many shots on goal. Uh, Is that the one that got away for us? Is that our big miss of the tournament, the Korea game?
1: Yeah. As I mentioned before, hockey is a game of moments. And we just didn't take our moments in that game. And, yeah, unfortunately, we did lose. And it was quite a big disappointment. And a lot of goals were sad afterwards. Um, Because you can't be playing all the hockey and then lose like that. And then once we debriefed and, you that evening, yeah, we couldn't actually believe what happened. But, you onwards, upwards, as I say.
0: Well, they do, I, I haven't met too many that say that, but uh, most people just go, oh, well. Um, and they, they use terminology more like uh, sometimes shit happens and you move on. But... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you had to move on. You're still playing a tournament at home, you're still trying to entertain the crowds and of course your families and all of that. And it was another on paper really, really tough game uh that came up next. We played USA, a team who had uh, let's just say had had been very impressive throughout the tournament without getting the results. So very similar to South Africa and we then managed to produce. We managed to produce the the performance of the tournament by ourselves. Uh, you got yourself another goal. The team, that first half performance was as good as we have played throughout the whole tournament. Uh, and, you know, obviously I watched the RPT as well. It was as good as we had played any RPT game as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. As the tournament progressed, we definitely improved. And... Yo, I just wish um, it just happened early in the tournament. Do you? Because if we played
0: like Oh, I was going to say, do you think the absence of Ukraine and the fact that you had a team list in your pool, so you had a game list, played a massive role in that?
1: I think so, yeah, Because obviously game time is really important. And it makes like some games are there just so that you can work stuff out and that. And yeah, and we were just lacking that one game. Some people will see it as a good thing, some people will see it as not that good.
0: The other thing about this was it was a home tournament, it was broadcast live on Supersports and SABC and Watch Hockey, uh, 35 countries around the world. So, while we didn't have a massive live audience, and we'll talk about the live audience we did have shortly, you know, your, your games were being televised all around the world. Your goals were being replayed over and over on social media. Um, you guys were becoming stars. Did any of you find that something quite difficult to deal with?
1: Um, no, not really. So... During, once um, the Junior World Cup started, we tried to, or we did um, cut off social media. So we weren't allowed to, we bought into a plan and we said, okay, we're not going to post anything on social media or, um, yeah. And we literally just focused on the games and what's in front of us. And, uh, you
0: know, Obviously, there was some noise going around, especially when you won. Uh, obviously, speaking to family and stuff. Did you Did you guys feel any of that noise? Did you feel any of that pressure? Because although you were off social media, you you your your heads weren't in the sand. Well, the few
1: um. Arms- spectators that were there <laughs> some of our families and friends and i'm sure um there were some people that slipped in they were actually amazing and you they just brought, brought the um here there and <laughs> it was really nice hearing just having a crowd there even if it's that small and you just hearing them um supporting you and that is really nice <laughs>
0: And it really was nice to see. Uh, of course, it also meant that because of the lack of spectators, uh, you girls were able to come and watch as much as possible um, yeah. within bubbles. And obviously, you got the opportunity to watch some of the other games. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Netherlands were impressive. But were there were there specific players that really impressed you?
1: Yo, there were quite a few, but um, I'm quite bad in name. <laughs> no worries. So that... we played. Um, we played a warm up match against Argentina, and there was this girl. I think her surname is Pacheco.
0: Yeah, Pacheco.
1: Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, I remember because I was defending her, and yeah, it was quite. Insane, like how she moved in the circle, and yeah, you know, luckily they didn't score that much. We only lost one nil in that warm up game, and then against Netherlands, there were a few forwards. Um, I think the one was Dicker.
0: Yeah, yep, Dicker.
1: Yeah, yeah, Dicker and. Sure. Now, I
0: can't remember the other names, really. No, no problem. But, I mean, obviously playing against girls like Job Dickonorm, Rani, um, Luna Foca, Rosa Furnich, uh, the Pacheco, they're obviously, a lot of those players play at some of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, and, yeah. And you were able to hold your own against them. Is that something that uh, attracts you, intrigues you about the future? Or, you know, is there a hope that... Uh, jean li de Toy may one day pull on the colours of Amsterdam or Bosch or, or one of them.
1: Um it, it would really be nice. But um you are currently <laughs> I'm just trying to um finish my um postgraduate and then maybe once I'm independent then I will be able to go over and play for a season or so.
0: Well, well, tell us about your studies. What are you currently studying? And and obviously, we know it's at Pretoria University. Uh, you know, and how, and how do you fit that
1: in with the life of a a hockey player? Um. So currently, I'm busy with um postgraduate degree, um, BIS, information science, um, honors, and yeah, I graduated last year. And, you know, being a student athlete is quite tough because you're trying to keep up with academics, but also trying to do your best in hockey is really hard. But if your time management is good, then you'll be able to do it.
0: Well, and and obviously... (laughs) The year has presented you with some challenges because you took time off for the Junior World Cup and obviously you were still studying on the side and and maybe COVID has helped a little bit because we now know how to remotely study. But, uh, you know, you've got a lot of other hockey commitments coming up, uh, not just IPTs and stuff, because you found your way into the National Women's side (laughs) under Giles uh, Bonnet. Is that something you thought would happen and obviously you hoped it would happen, but is it something you, you you considered would happen as quickly as it has?
1: No, not at all. Um, Yeah. So after junior world cup, I was just looking to finish, finishing this degree. And yeah, but then, um, yeah, I got the call up and I had to join camp and yeah, the camp was quite a shocker, And then the team was announced and yeah, I made the team and you know, I was, it was like for two weeks I was still in disbelief of the team and everything. And, you know, my coaches were like, just, you really made the team. You can like be happy and that. And I'm just like, "Yo, know, my head was going quite crazy.
0: Sorry, I put myself on mute there. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and have you managed to sit down with your friends and family and, and, celebrate this moment yet
1: um no not really actually (laughs) i've been trying to keep up with my studies and um yeah we haven't really actually celebrated it yeah well
0: please make sure you make some time to celebrate it um so, so i mean you've got the world cup you've got the commonwealth games um, but take us through uh, the change. I mean, obviously, the Junior World Cup was amazing and, and it's great to have, uh, you know, your, your, your coach, Lenice Murray as part of the senior setups that helps the interaction. There's a lot of players from that junior team in the senior team, which also would help. But, you know, what's been your experience of the camp and, and playing under Giles and, and Inky and Kurt and, and all of them?
1: Yeah, um, it's quite really a competitive environment there at camp. And the tempo there was just so much higher. And yeah, I've never been really to a camp with a tempo that high. And coach Giles, yeah, he's really a great coach and yeah, he knows what he wants. And yeah, the management even to, um, yeah, and I'm really actually looking forward to be playing competitive hockey against top countries in the upcoming tournaments
0: Yeah, of course you're going to play the likes of Belgium, Japan Australia, Uh, anyone you particularly excited to play?
1: Um, I'm definitely excited to play Belgium
0: And any particular reason?
1: Oh, um, I've watched him play a few games and everything, and yeah, I think they're quite a good side.
0: Yeah, it's, so the the other thing is, it also gives you the opportunity to play against some of the best players in the world, but also some legends. I mean, you you join a South African team that has players like Juanita Bobbs, Lilian Duplessis, uh, Lisa De Deedlis, who has uh, come back out of retirement. Um, you know, all players with more than 100 caps. Bernadette and your, your co-captain. I mean, these are players that you would have watched a bit as a youngster. Is, is it a little bit surreal being in a camp with them and, and realizing you're going to be pulling on the green and gold for them and with them?
1: Yeah, I think surreal is the right word. So I remember I was actually in high school and... Um, my friends and I, we went to watch a game and my favourite player was Bernadette Coston. So then we afterwards, um, after the game, we went to take pictures and everything. And I was so shy to go take a picture with Bernadette Coston. Then my friends like, OK, now let's go. We're going to take this picture with her. And then we took the picture, and my friend literally, you know, she told Bernadette Coston, this is your biggest, biggest support and everything. And yeah, you know, I just went red in my face. But then um, that Monday, actually, um, we had a school meeting, and the school called me forward, and I was so confused. I didn't know what was happening. And then Bernadette Carsten, she um walked out of the class there, and she gave me literally one of her um S.A. hockey Plane tops, and then yours, uh, your so your Bernadette costume was my um, what do you say?
0: Your your idol, your hero.
1: Yeah, yeah, my idol back then.
0: I mean, does she remember this?
1: Um, I'm not sure. Actually,
0: <laughs> I'm going to ask her because she's currently my hero. Because uh, I hurt my neck the other day picking up my my younger son, Colby. Um, and I twinged a little muscle in the neck, and so I went to go see her because she's a chiropractor, and in two yeah. sessions she sorted it out i mean she she did this thing where I thought she would kill me for something bad I once wrote about her, but uh when she cracked my neck in two places, but uh, no, she was awesome, man, so uh, I'll join you in the list of having Bernie as a hero um and now you get to have her as a teammate as well uh wh- what other players I mean, obviously. Your game reminds me somewhat of a, a PD could see a kind of approach. Is she someone that would sit up on your heroes or are there other players, uh, specifically defensive players with uh, penalty corner prowess that you look up towards? Yeah, so um, the
1: other one is Lisa Deflitz. So, um, so she slaps in corners too. And I'm like, yeah, I was, when I was younger, I was like, I also want to score goals in corners and just like Lisa. And yeah, then I started slapping in corners and yeah, and that's how it progressed. And now, um, I remember I actually had lunch with Piri before. And yeah, she, and she asked me actually, how's the game with my drag flicks and that? And she was so invested with my drag flicks. And I wasn't really that big on my drag flicks, but then I started drag flicking, and, yeah, so that's basically how it started.
0: And it's an underutilized tool and we got to see at the Junior World Cup how dangerous you can be with it. Is it something you spend a lot of time practicing?
1: So um, this year in particular, it is something that I started practicing. Well, um, so from the varsity uh, point of view, Tux made us um, penalty corner specialists train 100 reps of whatever you specialize in. And for me, it was drag flicks. So then for each week since preseason, we had to do 100 reps of drag flicks. And then yeah, and then ask yeah, and then you get the um, balls in the game like junior world cup.
0: And of course, uh, your Tux coach Inky Zondi is also one of the national coaches. Uh, you know, does that make things a little bit easier as well for
1: you? Yeah, yeah, it no, definitely does.
0: So, so you currently play your hockey at Tux, but of course. Uh, you and I actually both played club hockey at very different levels. For a my local club and also my son's football club, tell me a little bit about your your hockey background that's got you to where you are now. Which clubs, which schools, uh, uh, you know, have helped shape you
1: into into the player
0: you are today? So
1: um, I started playing hockey in grade six at Large School Concordia and. Yeah, I started that same year playing club hockey, um, at Benoni Northerns. and then um, yeah. So then in 2013, I um got provincial colours, at, um, and I played for Eastern Chautain, and I played for them till 2016. Yeah, in twenty sixteen then I moved to Northerns and yeah since then I've ever been I've been a Northerns player.
0: And uh, in terms of uh, the difference between Northerns and Easterns with no discrediture meant for Easterns?
1: so um, I've the Northern schools there's more um, so we call it macro schools, so bigger schools and that, and it's quite more competitive. And so, um, when I was in Ikhayansin, I- I- and we would play the Pretoria schools and that, we would always lose with by quite a number of goals. And once, uh, yeah, um, and once I moved to um, it was the level of hockey was just a bit higher, and um, it was really quite different from um, the East Strand. But don't get me wrong, the East Strand they like it's really a good um, province. But sometimes they don't have all the resources as um, what Southern's and Northern's has.
0: No, absolutely, we don't. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, when I was coaching at at Easton, the biggest challenge when you are coaching under twenty ones or even seniors is that you don't have a university in the region, and southerns and northerns do, and so you'd lose all the players to university. So you were unable to to play those players. You'd end up having to bring back the old boys. Um, yeah, so it's a challenge, but I think Easterns is a wonderful base for for young players and. Obviously, I have my own son here. Uh, You and me, Easton's people. The interim SA hockey president, Sean Bikes, is from Easton. So, just watch out. Easton's is taking over the world.
1: Yeah. Um. One thing that Easton's so it's not impossible to um not make a SA side from Easton's because I was fifteen and we were playing in the under sixteen um nationals there in cape town and then yeah that year 2015 i made the um so hp squad so nothing is really impossible you just have to really put in the hard work and that
0: absolutely and and Jeanne, we're seeing that from you uh your hard work has earned your call up to the world cup squad um <clears throat> very possibly the commonwealth games don't don't reveal that if you know it <clears throat> because uh, that is not our news to share. That'll be Sascox's news when when it is official. Um, you know, and and later on this year, the Nations Cup back in Spain. So really great opportunities to travel. Have you had the opportunity to travel before in your life?
1: Um. So <laughs> I was actually born in China. So I could probably say I was in China. And then um, I traveled to Netherlands, um, but that was for indoor, but that's about it.
0: I mean, that, that's pretty incredible that you were uh, born in China. Is there uh, any sort of uh, thought of maybe one day playing for China?
1: Um, I don't think even that's possible. I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm South Africa now, so yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we I oh, look, I love it. Uh but that's pretty cool and, Um so is this your first time you're going over to Europe now?
1: Um I've been to Netherlands before.
0: Oh sorry, you did say that and
1: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: It's not that I don't think Netherlands is in Europe, it's that uh didn't listen properly. My wife's gonna hit me when she <laughs> hears I'm not listening again. But uh, yeah, look, look, so it's a a wonderful opportunity, Spain, potentially the UK, potentially back to Netherlands, depending on how the tournament goes. Um, Lots of hard work. I know you guys are heading off to another camp now. Um, You also play indoor. Is that something you would uh, look to try and uh, maybe get into that spa, South Africa, netball side at some point? Not netball, Um... obviously indoor. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, I actually just play indoor for fun. Yeah, I've never actually thought of going for the national um spa ladies, but it's it would pre- be probably nice to play for them. But I never really thought about it because I like outdoor hockey more.
0: Nothing wrong with that. What about hockey fives?
1: I've played um hockey fives before. Um. It's also a nice game. It's just, yeah, I'm really afraid of getting injured there, but hitting the ball from anywhere. Uh, no, I think you have to be over the line. I can't remember. I've played it last in 2018 Um, in Algeria. Uh, and I've been to Algeria. Yeah, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> but, um, squad. yeah, it's actually really a fun game to play. But I don't know that much about the game to actually say.
0: No, nothing wrong with that. Your 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 focus is on the eleven side game with big options up and big opportunities up for grabs in the next couple of uh, in the next couple of months. Um so from Ashley on Hockey the Podcast, all we can say is good luck. We hope you stay fit, healthy and ready to mingle and Look, uh, hopefully uh, you don't get too starstruck on the field alongside Lisa Dietliffs and Bernie Koston. Um But don't worry, I can promise you there are kids around this country who are already starstruck by Jean-Dieu de toy.
1: Thanks,
0: siren. One day you'll be the one handing out one of your shirts. And who knows, uh, playing in your 200th cap alongside a youngster who's got one of your shirts at home. That's the wonderful story of hockey. Uh, Johnny. thanks so much for joining me. Uh, you see, time Tom on a podcast with me goes so quickly you didn't even realise we were chatting that long.
1: Yeah, it was quite quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Good luck for camp and good luck for the World Cup. Uh, of course, uh, if you are interested, follow the Women's Journey on the SA Women's Hockey social media accounts. Check out the SA Hockey account. Obviously, follow Hockey the Magazine on social media, not only the podcast, but all of it's together on the magazine page. And uh, of course, we'll be telling you all the stories of jean Lee and the SA Women's Hockey team as they take on the world's best over in Terrassa in Spain. It's less than 50 days away and it is going to be fantastic. Remember, you can watch it all live on watch.hockey and of course on SuperSport in South Africa. Will the South African ladies go and ruffle some feathers I don't doubt that that's exactly what we're going to do. That was Jean-Li de Of course, wherever you're listening, please leave a rating. Share it with your friends. Uh, listening listeners is gold for us. So uh, make sure we go for gold together. Have a great evening and enjoy. This was Hockey, the podcast. <coughs>